tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. All men and women created by the goal, you know the you know the It's going to say, you want free speech? Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. You want to claim this land as a land of the free? Now show me that. Defend that. Celebrate that in your classroom. Then stand up and sing about the land of the free. Which do you like more, Congress or lice? <laughs> Well, we like lice. Here's my eight words people need to stop redefining. Hate, victim, hero, shame, violence, survivor, phobic, and white supremacist. That America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. Well, um... I've had this email in the hopper, and I've been trying to kind of break it down in a best way to present it uh, from our good pal and favorite socialist, Yepix. Uh, it's actually a response to a, the cast we did a couple weeks ago that uh, we did some discussion on criminal justice reform. And uh, he he took exception to some of the things that we had to say Um he didn't like, let's put it this way, he liked the idea of starting to separate things out from violent to nonviolent. Um, he didn't really appreciate my concept that, you know, prison should just suck. Um, but a, a lot of what he was co- talking about throughout all of this, which is where a lot of it boils down to, is is I, I think the part that he really honestly takes exception to is the fact that somewhere along the line, you still have a person with all of their... Uh, prejudices, preconceived notions, um, uh, biases, all of that, who is at the end making the final decision on these things. And I can't argue with that. But what else are you going to do? Well, you only got one of two ways, right? You can either let a person or persons decide, or you can turn it over to a machine. But the problem with the machine is is that at, the same problem that you're going to have with a human being is the opposite problem you're going to have with a machine. The yeah, you get one have, or two. Yeah. You, you're, you're not going to have any discernment as far as uh, – as, as much as I will agree with somebody who says that the white boy who you know sexually assaults a person then gets off because the judge decides that he doesn't want to ruin his future uh, is abhorrent – um, you're also going to have the opposite end of that, which is the African-American person who goes to jail for life for an ounce of marijuana in their pocket. I know I'm slightly exaggerating, but only slightly. Um, so what you're not going to have is the discernment between those two in any way, shape or form. It's going to be this is what you're guilty of. This is what's going to happen. This is where you're going to go. There's no ju- there's no concept of leniency or. You know what I'm, I'm suddenly thinking of? Did, did you see the movie Elysium? 
Yes, I did. I like that movie actually. I, and so did I. But do do you remember the moment in which he's he's trying he, he keeps trying to have conversations uh, that have nuance with the robotic people running this place, and yeah, it's just not working. You know, this is why this happened. Well, you no, this is what happened. Therefore, you are fined X. But that's not what happened. Yeah, I didn't do that. This is what you were reported to doing. So this is what you're fined X. It's kind of like there's there's no discussion of nuance. So if you take as much as people suck and you're still going to be dealing with bias and prejudice and all of that, somewhere along the line, the system's going to suck. I don't. I don't know a way to fix human nature, and I don't know a way to make a, a, a machine logic tree that accommodates circumstance. You know, like there's like you, you can't do either one. You really need a fair and balanced person or somebody who's really good at that in certain situations that understand the nuances and can can look beyond the face value of the the evidence presented. How do and that's you, a special freaking person. I, I, I don't the, know how you say how do, how do you get there from here? How do you get that fair and balanced person? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I mean, because I mean, elections don't work. <laughs> clearly not, <laughs> at least not the way we've got. Them. I mean, and that's that's part of humanity's problem. Right. We've always had this problem where our problem is, is we haven't come up with the perfect society yet. You know, we 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 haven't quite got it right. Because humans aren't right, and we can't be made to be perfect, so now we're going to have to deal with some level of imperfection. Well, but, it is just but, a matter of what people find acceptable and not. But but I I think that's part of what we're running into, and I'm trying to remember how the person phrased it because it seems like it, there's there's been a lot of pushback recently, and a lot of it you can see in a lot of the polls running up to the uh, the, the midterm election that's coming up. And I think people's responses as far as what they're going to do for it is not going to help them at all, which is basically throw one party out and let the other party in. Yeah, this is not going to go well. N- no. All right, well, this I mean, is... well, let's put it this way. It's not going to go well either way because nobody's going to get what they wanted, which is somebody who's reasonably going to look at the problems of the world and say, let's see if we can fix this. Yeah, if you're if you're a Republican, let's just put this this way. If you're a Republican and you hate the Democratic Party and fair play to you, there's lots to hate. OK. You put a Republican in there thinking, at least I got rid of that guy. You're doing the exact same thing that people did when they voted for Biden. You're voting against somebody. You're voting to kick somebody out because there is no good person to put in these positions right now because of the way that our parties work, because everybody just works to get themselves reelected and gives away our freedoms, our future, our money, our product, our all the rest of that stuff to corporations and other countries to stay where they are. But, and but the other part, it doesn't matter what party you're from. But the, the right now what we're dealing with, though, is a lot of people who are pushing back against whether you want to call it wokeism, cancel culture, whichever term you want to use for it. You're starting to be a lot of pushback from that. And the term that I hear really, I don't think there's a lot. Uh, I think there's some. You're start well, I mean, but not not as much verbal pushback. But when you start looking at the polls as far as what people are thinking, what people are doing, and how people are probably going to vote, um, there's starting to be some pushback from some of this stuff. And because what you're starting to see in the term, I'm going to mess this up, but I think what the way the guy put it was is that 
the logic and reality are starting to encroach to some extent on people's fantasies. Okay, I would say that there is a a small encroachment. But that, but that's what they're people talking about. saying things that are not wildly left. But but not even so much specifically even with your average everyday um, uh, uh, citizen. But what you're st- I, okay. I'm going to try to break this down a little bit better because I know I did not explain it very well. You're starting to see people saying things like, "I don't care about abortion if I can't pay my rent." And what oh, you're starting yeah, okay, to see, see is that some uh, yeah, of you're saying, yeah. what you're the starting, hierarchy of, of needs, yeah. Yeah, so what you're starting to see is, and, and where I'm seeing this primarily is with the Democratic Party because the Republican parties are just feeding on it versus trying to fix it from their opinion. Uh, the which is, the greatest which, thing Joe Biden ever did is not do anything about the inflation. He handed them the midterms with it. Exactly. But what you, but what you're seeing is, is that you're the people are telling the government this is what we're worried about. And the government is saying, no, you shouldn't be worried about yeah. that. You should be worried about uh, abortion. You should be. But that's worried not about, what you should be worried about, because uh, that's should, not what the, the cue cards that we have. Yeah. No, no. You, you should be worried about the threat to democracy. And P, and the polls are telling them democracy is awesome, but we need to eat. And that's that's and that, the thing. And, that, and that's what I mean by reality is starting to encroach on some of these fantasies. You have some of these woke fantasies that uh, some some very 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 extreme left wing people are trying to accomplish, and they're they're not getting the responses that they want. They're not getting the response of oh yes we should vote for these people because the environment you know okay yes the environment may kill us in the next twenty years but that's not going to matter if I starve tomorrow. First of all, the environment's not going to kill us in the next 20 years. I'm, I'm just using an but, example. I know, I know. Uh, just, <laughs> but but, I, but that's that's kind of what you're starting to see. And and it's go it goes back in the opposite direction, too, because, you know, that was the same thing with um, uh, uh, G- uh, George W. Bush. It was kind of like, uh, hey, we've done, we've done this, that, and the other. And the response is, yes, but my 19-year-old just died, you know, in, in a war that's bullshit. Well, yeah, but you shouldn't be worried about that. Bullshit, right. I am. And 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 that's kind of what we're doing from the other direction now. Uh, yes, we just did inflation reduction to save the environment. Yes, but I still can't afford my grocery bill. And there's well, no re- and there's no and the response to that they're getting is uh, the, this goofy woman who sits behind the podium blinks rapidly for some strange reason then goes well we feel it's not as important as that well we feel we're gonna vote your ass out of office <laughs> or your boy out of office well, so it, so it, i get i guess where i'm going very very complicated and not very well spoken and aroundabouts and circles is it's becoming increasingly clear that it, that if you're paying attention that they're not paying even the slightest attention to us well, I will 100% agree about that. And uh, they have. And the part that's really changed is they're not even pretending to anymore. They don't seem to be. 
there's well because they don't have to first no. of all uh the, and and they've realized that i think what they've missed some of the boat on is like you're saying like like in, they really thought they had it in the bag when uh abortion you know roe versus way was overturned they're like this is it this is our key back into the midterms and, and we'll if, just bait this like we do like we did for the last 40 50 whenever roe versus wade was like okay you know they're going to overturn it and now they finally did now you got to vote democratic to get this back and and, and the thing is, not, is that it's not it's not the lightning rod they thought it was well it's not it's important to people and it should be but it's not as important to people as to whether or not they can and what it's going to cost them to fill their gas tank to get to work. Yeah, which is sad that that reproductive rights is taking a back, which is an important thing. It is it is wildly important, especially now that we have um, we need to have all kinds of different reproductive discussions because of, as we said um, back in, I think it was Cast 48, uh, when we were talking about like men without work and and what we saw as the future, you know, where it was primarily going to be um, female, um, and, and men were going to be regulated to the labor class, and and really, um, this was going to tilt a little bit further than it is now. Um, we need to have all kinds of reproductive right discussions. We need to have all kinds of of where people or where you know men find themselves in society, what women's uh, find themselves in society. Like how we need to have all kinds of discussions, but we can't do that if nobody's got a job that pays them well enough to feed their household and or themselves or or any of the and and this is. I mean, the sad part of reality is is we and the rest of the world, honestly, are going to be going through that because um, largely America is is like kind of letting the hands off the wheel a little bit as far as our international dealings. We are not jumping our nose in everywhere because we know we can't at this point. We're becoming a little bit more isolationist. Wow, I could not say that word isolationist uh, <laughs> than we were in the in the past and, and kind of letting other people get in there and, and do these things. Also, you have two of the the big superpowers right now that have followed us down the rabbit hole. Uh, like China is going through a even worse, although they they don't say that now. China is going through an even worse uh fall than we did in 2008 with our housing crisis well china china's just a little bit more not not by much but a little bit more accomplished at gaslighting their population than we are right and all that's going to do is buy them an extra year or two maybe uh, maybe less than that maybe more than that but it's going to buy them a little bit more time because they're very effective at shutting down dissenting opinions uh, but when the banks fail and there is no more food and they, they, you know, their, their energy is, is difficult to find. And they're, they're, I mean, they've, this is, this is something I, I read the other day. They had, um, a couple of years ago, they had the big swine flu, right? And it, to, to stop the last swine flu they had. Uh, now, if you don't know, China is very pork based, sort of like America is very beef based. Uh, China is very pork based. And it is 
the number one meat in China, period. I like Two, me some bacon. Yeah, they have bacon and sausage and pork and, and all all that stuff. I mean, just all of that, like pork is the number one meat. And to stop the swine flu, they had to slaughter more pigs than the rest of the world has just to stop the the disease there and, and stop the flow. What that did is it drove all the pig farmers out, right? They couldn't afford, like they had to kill all their lives. They had nothing to live on. They they stopped being pig farmers and took up other jobs. Well, the problem is now that they have new, they they subs the government stepped in and subsidized new pig farmers and stuff. And I know I'm I am going somewhere with this. Um, they stepped in and subsidized the pig farmers so that they now have new pig farmers, right? But those pig farmers have no idea what they're doing. They do not produce the same amount, and they do not know how to protect against diseases even as well as the other farmers did. And they're still like 60% short of what their quotas to feed the country are, which means they're having to import all this stuff. Uh, They're having to import their food. They're having to import, as they always have, their oil and their energy and their natural gas and all all that stuff comes from other places, right? So one of the largest producers of energy or oil for them was da-da-da, Russia. Well, still is, actually. Still is. However, it's much less than it used to be because Russia needs their own stuff. And Russia's having trouble moving it because of all the things that are going on in Russia right now. So China's kind of backed in a corner. Russia's also backed in a corner. They're having this Ukraine wars hit them a lot harder. You can see that um, previous to this war, general popular opinion would have been that if Russia wanted something, they could just walk over and take it, basically just mow people down to do it. And what you've seen is that's not exactly the case. You don't need to initiate a draft to settle a small border dispute, which is what Russia said it was, right? This is a small border dispute. We're going to take that land. This will be over in a jiffy. Everybody just continue to fuck off. Yeah, but but war has changed since World War II. It has. There, there, I mean, there, in the level of a World War II type fight, Russia probably still would have done very well. But war has changed. It's changed ever since, you know, Vietnam, uh, Afghanistan, the Iraq, both Iraq wars, Afghanistan, the second Afghanistan. Um, it, it's it's not this. It doesn't work the same way anymore. It's not two large mobilized armies going after each other anymore. It's uh, uh, oh, geez, what the. Oh, my brain just went froze and I can't forget it. Um, it's non something warfare. <laughs> <laughs> basically it's guerrilla warfare but there is a technical war- word for it that i has just completely left my mind and i'm sure i'll remember it when this cast is over and i'll be going shit um so uh, but so war doesn't work the same way that it does anymore the what the one thing that russia could do which they 
probably actually don't want to for a lot of different reasons. First of all, it would make the land that they're trying to get completely useless is they could start dropping nukes. Yeah. I mean, like when you're dealing with like non-traditional warfare or you're dealing with um, like urban warfare or, or something like that, it's a little bit guerrilla, you know, underground warfare, any of that stuff. Right. Nukes change things. OK, but but gone are the days. Right. Where where it was like pre 19 or pre World War One, World War Two. Right. That at that point, Russia and China were terrifying. Right. They used to say and this was true. Uh, when it was said that China could march a thousand people into the sea every second and never run out of people. That was 100 percent true. Now, the problem with that today with modern warfare is a, a much smaller force can mow down a thousand people every second with the, the weapons that are available to them today without a problem, without even exposing themselves to danger in some cases. So the fact that you have a numerical advantage as far as people goes is not necessarily the war-winning strategy that it used to be. Also, uh, let's take uh, Russia, for instance. If you look at the equipment that the Russians are using and the way that it is being handled, you can tell a couple of things. And I've watched a, a lot of uh, uh, and uh, of course, I'm armchair quarterbacking, and I've never been in the military. However, uh, there are some things that you can contrast and compare. Uh, one of the things that you're looking at is a lot of these weapon systems are not using, are not being used properly. They're also a little bit older, and they are not exactly what you would use in some of these instances, which tells you a couple of things. One that the training in Russia is not what it used to be. The equipment is not what it should be. And the strategies being mobilized are very simplistic. Mow them down, shock and awe, that didn't work, right? It didn't work because they didn't have the overwhelming force, they didn't have the strategy, and they didn't have the equipment and or training to do that but but look at iraq and um afghanistan for us yeah we, we couldn't do it either exactly and we did have the equipment the training and the overall in the overall yeah, and force. we were hamstrung by it's not technically what we're supposed to, we're so we're an occupying force we can't occupy something anymore unless that went out in vietnam right we couldn't occupy vietnam either they just tunneled underground it was like attacking an anthill the part you can see is like 5% of it everybody was underground and we had no idea i mean you can't occupy a hostile country it doesn't work like you can do it for a little bit but in modern warfare it's almost impossible you have to kill all the natives to occupy a place and we're not willing as – thankfully, we're not willing as modern combatants in modern countries to commit a genocide like that, thankfully, again. Um, now, a nuke situation is a different argument entirely, but, but thankfully, we're not doing that. And short of that, you can't really occupy a place for indefinitely, right? Not when the other, uh, the other side is actively resisting. You have 
a certain amount of time, sure. And and I'm I know there's a formula where it's like force plus people or you know force times people times length of time equals the amount of occupying you you can do. But still, well, the, there but, but you the, have two. To my point, you have two giant superpowers that have overextended themselves. So both in just energy. Three. Well, yeah, <laughs> we have for sure. Which is why we're becoming increasingly less hands-on in some of these things. Well, but but even then, look at some of the the look. I, if you can tell, I'm so turned around this week that I'm having trouble even getting my brain to go. In I'm the probably right direction. not helping. No, no. But what I'm what I'm saying, what I was you're about like, to no, say, you're not helping at all, dude. <laughs> no, but what I was what I was about to say is is. I, what you then bring up is the whole America First movement, which uh, obviously at the moment you say that is, oh my God, that's Trumpism and therefore bad. Did you see what they're doing in New York for the people that are being bussed up from Texas? Mm, I heard uh, I heard something about this. Okay, Aren't they, 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 created, they returning them to the country of their origin or oh, something? Oh, no, 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 no. They have created shelters for them that are giving them all cell phones. They're making sure that they have Xboxes to play, that they've got really nice digs in these different places to make sure that these people who are fleeing oppression from their own countries can stay in comfort in New York. Great. We have about 20,000 more of those we can give you. Actually, my thought process is it's kind of ironic when you have the, and I'm going to say it even though some people don't like it, the illegal alien who is who is living in the lap of luxury when you've got the veteran standing right out in front of the same building living on the street. We don't appreciate or value as a country. We don't value our veterans the way I, we should. Even if it even if it's not a veteran, just the fact that you know you you've got this building that you're creating, and I promise you that within two blocks of that building, there's a tent city. Well, yeah, they're not going to build in a nice part of town. But the other point about that is the fact that you, you, we're taking in people and treating them to the lap of luxury when we're not doing it anything for our own. It's a publicity stunt. It'll last as long as the elections. Oh, I'm sure. But It'll it, last as long as the elections, because as soon as the elections are done and there's no political gain to be moved from these people, they will ship them out, jail them, move them back, do something else with them. But right now they're kind of hamstrung. Because after that whole Martha's Vineyard thing, they look like assholes. <laughs> They're like, oh, crap, that, was, that yes, turned out when, bad for us. Yes, when, uh, <laughs> when Simone showed up with her glass of Chardonnay to wave goodbye to the uh, the brown people who had invaded her island, yes. It did and, then, not, and called the National Guard to remove them. That, that was yeah. not what you would call good optics. Yeah. I, I guess what my where I'm going with this is the, as much as I am not as extreme on the whole America first thing as the oh my god the MAGA people um, are it's it's really kind of hard not to at least think that direction when you're giving Xboxes to people who have entered the country illegally and you're not taking care of the person who's living on the streets right outside the same building. I have no problem with. First of all, I kind of agree with that. Second of all, I have no problem with thinking in terms of let's take care of America first because we are Americans and we need to 
fix our own backyard before we go and tell somebody else what to do. I'm in full support of that. However, I'm thinking that that what we need more than than that is not to say it's not an absolute. It's just like we were talking about with the thing before with regard to criminal justice reform. There is no absolute. There still needs to be some sort of influence, some sort of existence outside the country. But we're not balancing it very well. It's right. We cannot we cannot exist as in a vacuum. We, we can't we like no nation can survive long term being uh, uh, totally closed in on itself, not in in today's world. It doesn't work that way. So that's just stupid. If that's the idea of, of, quote unquote, America first, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is like we need to to be like you're saying, find a better balance and be mindful that. We have huge, far-reaching, deep problems at home we could be dealing with as well or focus the, the energy that we're putting into and the money that we're putting into these areas. Uh, I mean he wrote a trillion dollar ch- – you know, trillions of dollars a check to the Ukrainians, and yet they bitch uh, to help the Ukrainians, and yet they bitch about 50 people in Martha's Vineyard, or they bitch about, you know, the the governor of New York gets on and just screams holy terror about a couple of hundred people being bussed from Texas. What's wrong with this picture? You know, like I'm not saying the Republicans but, but, but are good, but the they're not. To stand there and say we don't have the money to help these people, right? We don't have the resources to. You just wrote a trillion trillions of dollars check to the Ukrainians, okay? Who are, by the way, <laughs> like if you follow some of the stuff that happens in well, Ukraine, what you've and got the is not leaders, nice people who are fighting not nice people. We just yeah, happen this, to chose like, a not nice side. <laughs> yeah, you don't want you like the you want to talk about bad optics, right? Look at some of the shit the Ukrainians do to their own people. Hey, look at some of the shit the Russians do to their own people. This is not – these are not like you know freedom fighters against Nazis. This, this, isn't, this isn't France against Germany in 1948, okay? It's not – it's not well, – or, or well, not – well, yeah, Ukrainians are actually winning. <laughs> yeah. This isn't, this isn't that, okay? Not Sorry, at all. Sorry, French people. Well, the French eventually did okay. I mean, they landed us there on Normandy and everything, and once we got through there, they helped a bunch. I mean, it was fine. They got they got run over, and surprised. they got sucker punched. I, I you know like follow any World War II stuff. They got sucker punched pretty hard. Nobody knew what Hitler was gonna do. Right? I mean, although well, the everybody else was, was hysterical. Uh, well, everybody was still fighting World War One, and Hitler started World War Two. Right. It's, you know, not, like, it's actually not that much difference than basically, uh, you know, Russia's trying to restart World War Two, and we've moved on to Hyper War Three. Yeah. It, you know, uh, a lot of it just has to do with the deadliness of weapons at this point in time. You, if it's a force multiplier, you don't need as many tanks and you know thousands of people one guy with an rpg and a ak-47 is going to do a whole lot more damage than anybody was doing in world war ii and what's funny is is when hitler started world war ii right he did use that next level thinking right he's like oh my god the maginot line it's 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 impenetrable and at the time it was however what they didn't consider is if you just went through Belgium 
where it wasn't, you could emerge on the other side of France almost uncontested, which is exactly what they did. They just thought nonlinear. The, the, well, the, the other part about that was is, wait a minute, you're saying the Maginot line is a fixed place. What happens if we just drive through? Drive around it. Yeah. <laughs> drive, or even some of it, they just went through it. Yeah, this isn't this is impenetrable and it's just bad and it's like okay, well okay, well, we'll, well let's just we'll, not do that. We'll wave as we go past. Right. <laughs> let's just drive around it. It's fine. Like and all and all the French generals went, "Shit, I didn't know they could do that." Yeah, all the strong fortifications were in the south and all the weak ass lines in the north like bordering Belgium. Well, they'll have to walk through they'll have to go through Belgium and Luxembourg before they can do and it. And no one would declare war on Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> when they fall in like two weeks or some crap i mean I it was it bad took, i don't think it took that long it, it was bad um but i mean that's that's how some of this thinking's going down they're like okay like you're saying they're they're thinking old right they're thinking in conventional terms from the last war not what this new war is going to be and and i just and, and you know we need to do we do need to find a better balance for this and we do need to because, look, when a war is going well, this is all I'm saying. When a war is going super well, you don't call up a draft of of people. OK, don't that's you don't in, you don't initiate a draft when shit's going good. That's it's largely unpopular. It's never going to work uh, long term. I mean, yeah. In World War Two, there was a draft. <laughs> Vietnam, there was a draft. All right. These these wars weren't going well to start off with. Now, we won one of them and lost the other one. But but either way, it's an extremely unpopular thing when you press people into service. Okay, uh, that's not a popular thing. But but think about what that means. Like when you have Russia and when you have China, and they're no longer the they're, they're the big kids on the block, but they're bloodied and they're having to take care of their own house instead of bullying other people. Uh, when you have the U.S., that's becoming increasingly U.S first and trying to figure out problems in our own backyard um it's going to be weird it is it's going to be weird and whatever leadership we have in the country at that point is going to be able to, to have a lot of latitude for the policies that we the foreign policies that we make at that point and what it looks like to me is this election is probably going to be, at least in my personal opinion, I think it's going to swing a little bit towards the Republicans. Some people say a lot. Some people say it won't. Some people say it's going to be, you know, maybe half and half, whatever. I think we're going to we're going to get more Republicans in office because of inflation. We're going to get more Republicans in the office than we are Democrats. Personal opinion. I could be wrong. Who knows? Uh Almost every president I voted for did not get elected. So I <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you. So I cannot pick a winner. <laughs> right? uh, but there are there are going to be because like let's say Congress largely swings Republican. You still got two years of Uncle Joe and Kamala of the Uncle Joe and Kamala show. Look, I mean, as 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 much as you and uh, Stargate Pie, Star Pie don't agree with me, I still say they've got an answer for that that they're gonna that they they're might not use. Gonna, they're not gonna impeach him. They can't. 
They can't. They're they making could, a they list. They couldn't even effectively impeach Trump, and they're scared to death he's going to run in 2024. That's why they're – that's this whole January 6th thing. They're well, desperately yeah. trying to put him in jail. And, and both sides are still preparing for the idea of uh, de- declaring even this midterm election to be invalid. Well, you better hope. <laughs> you better hope they they – they get their stuff. I mean, because here's the because well, it doesn't matter who wins. Both of them are declaring, and and the worst part about it is, is both of them are to some extent correct. No matter who gets in power, what they want to do to the voting system is going to suck. No matter, it's just going to be in different directions. And uh, look, like we said with Trump and Biden, the world's going to come to an end. It's just a matter of whether or not it's fire or ice. Uh, you know, democracy is being destroyed. It's just a question of whether or not it's being destroyed in the left or being destroyed in the right. It, they, it sucks either way because everybody has to go to an extreme versus, I don't know, let's sit down and talk about it. Well, they can't do that. They can't. They're, they're, what would that actually accomplish to them? What would that actually accomplish? All it would do, all oh, it nothing. would mean is the accumulated power that they've managed to to beg, borrow, and steal would then be in jeopardy from doing something so stupid like listening to the American people. Well, if you can't Who tell Who would from, do that in, in D.C.? Well, look, I don't disagree with you, but if you can't tell from my inability to put together a complete thought today, um, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I'm just, I, I've gone apoplectic about this whole thing. I've noticed. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's, it's so bad that I don't even know which direction to come at it from. Well, I, and that's really, I think that's a, a, a tribute to how well uh, they've managed to manipulate the media, the system, and and put sound bites in people's brains. I, I really do think that because it's. It's actually amazing to witness, right? Because they, you look at it and you're like, why, why are people doing this? Like, why are we here? It's because, and this is again, I mean, go look. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Maybe a dick, but I'm not wrong. Um, it is the collusion of mainstream media with the the federal government and corporations in general, the the kind of unholy triangle. To get us to pay attention, to not pay attention to what's actually happening, right? So what they'll do is they'll trot out things that they want us to fight about that don't really matter while they remove all the abilities of, of, for us to change what they're doing, right? So, sort of like, like you could never make another party, right? They've made it almost impossible because they, they'll make it so that it can't work. Right, you can't have another party, which means we have to have one of these two. Well, and you, one of these two you, will you, always be screwed. You can create another party all you want. You're never going to get them anywhere. on the ballot. Yeah, you just can't get them elected and get them in the box, right? So, it's it's a a huge racket, and they don't want us to see that. They don't want us to go. Wait just a minute. <laughs> Because if that happened, if we stopped and, and we if we just dropped all the rest of this crap and said, okay, as a nation, we're going to handle this now, and we all started pulling in one direction, they couldn't really stop us without 
reveal like without tipping their hand right but see but see the part that you're also not hearing in the media it's the part of the like for example of these polls that have come out that the media is not talking about is the fact that the greater portion of the american people are starting to feel that way it's just they don't know what to do with all that energy and that's where i start worrying that things are going to start becoming violent Maybe I don't think the I just I don't think most people feel that way. I think they've all well, been I mean, snowed. I think they're all asleep still. All right, well, I mean, let's put it this way: the people who are actually answering the polls feel that way. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I guess if you actually take the time to answer a poll, then maybe that means you actually have enough thought process to go into this. Versus right. the uh, <laughs> when was the when was the Battle of eighteen or the War of eighteen twelve? Seventeen seventy six. Correct. <laughs> Correct. You know, I mean, I, like it speaks is just it's so good. Uh, but and I, I really hope they go through like dozens of people to catch the morons through the filter. I really do, because if if everyone he walks up to is just that dumb, I fear for the future. But still, um, they always said, you know, like I've always heard like the aver- the, the intelligence of the average person is scary, you know. You don't want to be like, you. oh, no. There's also this huge law of unintended consequences that I that people miss. And it seems very, very apparent to me. We saw it happen with, for example, McDonald's. Everybody wanted to raise McDonald's. They gave them a raise. How many people do you see at the cashier's uh, desk at McDonald's now? And how many remote ordering places do you see instead? Oh, yeah. How many, how many, regi- you know, like kiosk things up front? You okay. know, they have four kiosk things up front that you can order from and like two people behind the counter now instead of eight people behind the counter. And, and you know, yeah, well, they just fix it. Well, it, and here comes the part that made me go, huh? Look at Walmart. There's like two cashiers now. Everybody else. Check your own crap out. <laughs> What's the joke? Uh, I was eating lunch in the Walmart break room. They asked me why I was here, and I said it because I wanted some lunch. And they said, but you don't work here. And it's like, hey, I just checked out my hoodie stuff. I work here now. Yeah. <laughs> I clocked in the minute I <laughs> But um, no, it, it, here comes the next big one. I read an article today on how Amazon is in trouble because they can't find people who want to work there anymore. Amazon is not in trouble. No. Amazon is the least in trouble of any of the businesses. You know, Jeff Bezos is going to pick up the phone and call his best friend Elon and say, you know those robots you've been working on? Yeah, no, no. Categorically. Which I find find hilarious because it's kind of one of those things where you've got all these people who are arguing about work conditions, and I'm not saying they're incredibly wrong. I do read the things that they talk about with work conditions and go, shit, this is what we were doing at UPS 20 years ago. Um and nobody complained, or even if they did complain, it was like, here's a bottle of water, go batch business, you're fine. Um, but it, it's kind of like, you're going to argue that, and they're just going to decide that they don't need you anymore. McDonald's is swearing that they didn't do that, and it's kind of like, yes, she did. <laughs> well, that's that's part of the point. They don't need any of us anymore, really. I don't, I don't know if you've caught on to it, but even with... Um, the drive-through stuff, they're getting into the point where they're trying not to have to have somebody in the store to take your order. They're kind of starting to try to make it so that uh, Bob from Bombay is going to be taking your order via the Internet uh, through the speaker, and uh, all somebody's going to have to do is hand you your bag at the other end. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's going to be it's going to be bad. Um, the the What society is generally, and this is, again, 
personal opinion, what society is generally trying to do on all fronts, right? Be it relationships or, or anything is none of us really need any of us at all. You know, like, uh, men don't need women. Women don't need men. Um, companies don't need people <laughs> or at least they're desperately trying not to. None of us are going to need anybody for anything. And then what are we going to do? You know, we're not at Star Trek yet where we we don't need money. Right. Well, we, well, we it even goes back into what we were talking about before. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about criminal justice. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about forms of government. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about forms of economic thing, whether it's capitalism versus um, communism. Each and every one of these things, if done the way they're supposed to do, would give you utopia. It's not the system that's screwed up. It's the people running it. Well, I would just stop that in general and say it's the people. <laughs> yeah. Not just necessarily running it, but the people you know, in it, the people using it, the people affected by it. It's the people. Yeah. For all the people who you think I'm against socialism, you know what? If social, if people were good people, socialism would work and socialism would be wonderful. I just don't think we're good enough of people. I don't think we're evolved enough as in a, as a culture to make something like that work. Here's here's where it breaks down to me, right? You can be nice and you can be just and you can be fair when it's local, when you know somebody, Steve down the street. You know, I mean, I like Steve, but I know him. I know his family. I know his 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 daughter. I've seen his dog. Right. I know that guy. I'm not going to screw over that guy because I know him and he knows me. And if I do something to screw him over, he's going to be knocking on my door. Right. And I'm going to be knocking on his locally. I think you can do those things. But when you're talking about somebody who lives a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand miles away. Just I and mean, we've seen it. Right. We see it in politics all the time. Oh, the border is secure. We don't have a problem with the border. Oh, let, be a sanctuary city. I'm, I can't believe you're not taking care of those people. And then suddenly they start getting bused to your neighborhood. Hey, we got to get these people out of here. <laughs> We got to get these damn immigrants out of here. They're soiling our city. We don't have we can't handle this. Right. It's it's really easy to make negative decisions about somebody you don't know or somebody that lives far away from you and and make immoral decisions legally about somebody you don't care about. So this right? is why I want to live on a mountain and ignore everyone. <laughs> no, they'll just they'll they'll blow up your mountain, you know, because they don't care about it. Somebody far away will blow up your mountain because you don't matter to them and they need a, a Starbucks where your mountain is. I mean, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Starbucks across the street from a Starbucks. Right. Right. It doesn't matter where you are or who you are. There's somebody <laughs> that most people don't care about you. <laughs> OK, so. It's very difficult to get a working society, especially global working society, when 99.99% of the planet don't give a crap whether you live or die. And that's it. That's even relevant in our own country. Uh, like, uh, I mean, and you can divide those lines anywhere you want. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter until you get to, to the point where you have a physical representation or, or a physical connection to somebody. You don't really exist. 
And that's well, part of human nature. And I don't think we can get away from that anytime well, soon. Well, yeah, it's, we, we are not evolved enough as a people, evolved enough as a culture to give that, I don't, I don't value to the average person. You will have people, so. you will have people, especially in California, who will try to tell you that they love you from 3,000 miles away. Um, and that your life matters to them, but at the same time, these are the same people who are ignoring the guy who lives in the tent next to their apartment complex. Right. You know, uh, it's, and, and if you want a dumpster fire, okay, look no further than the state of California. Okay. They are not friendly to absolutely anything. Most of their woke agenda is fake for uh social media clout and their their views are so extreme to one end that they are physically not they are physically too extreme for themselves and are fleeing the state <laughs> because because they got too much for themselves and now you have austin and you can spread to another area <laughs> Uh, it's a Smith quote for anybody. <laughs> yes, I know. I was about I to know ask you if know you were calling those. I was going to ask if you called the people in Austin viruses. <laughs> Goddamn right I do. I'm from, I'm not from like it is the only place in Texas that Texans do not appreciate. Like you can say they'll they'll be proud of te like ask any Texan. I wish I could bring Kayla back in here. <laughs> ask any pure pure living Born in Texas, Texan, and they will say great things about Texas. And then that statement will always end with the same two words, except Austin. <laughs> okay, they hate Austin. Texans hate Austin. Right? They really do. He's way too liberal for, for all of the other cities in Texas hate Austin. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, it's a beautiful state, except Austin. Oh, we love this down here, except Austin. <laughs> people in Texas are the friendliest people in the world, except I, Austin. I still say it's too damn hot. Hey, it's not, hey, it's hey, not cool. Hey, it was 35 degrees here uh, last week. I had to pull out a sweatshirt. <laughs> we had some 70-degree days here. Uh, it was... Got up to 85 on most of them, but we had some 70. We had like one beautiful 72 degree day. It was like 55 to 72 one day last week here. It was it was glorious. And then it went right back up to 66 as the low and 89 is the high. <laughs> well, it's depressing. Well, we have rambled our way through a completely, totally and utterly incoherent political discussion. Absolutely. As we tend to do. So. Why don't we switch gears and ask you what you've been watching this week? Oh, man. I've actually watched a bunch of stuff. Uh, I rewatched Cyberpunk. As you should. Because it is excellent in every way. Uh, I also watched something. In, I, okay, this won't be for everybody. All right, let me just preface it with that. It's a bit slow. Uh, and that is uh, another thing on Netflix called Exception. Have you seen this? I have not. Uh, it's sci-fi. It's uh, CGI sci-fi. Uh, not in the same vein. Like the cyberpunk sci-fi is very tune-shaded type of stuff and, yeah. and that, that kind of 3D. This is very 3D looking 3D. Uh, I don't know how to explain that. But, but 
it's the CGI is much more apparent and it's drawn a lot less like a cartoon, but it's slow sci-fi and it's kind of a whodunit in space. Um, the visuals are breathtaking. It's just really well done. Uh, the story is excellent. Uh, it's, it's basically the, where cyberpunk, everything kind of happens fast. And you know, that's how cyberpunk is. Cyberpunk is, is one of two ways. It's either like a slow whodunit like Blade Runner or it's really fast. Okay. Like cyberpunk, uh, on the, the Netflix show really kind of quick. This is the slow version of sci-fi. It's more thoughtful and, uh, it's kind of a whodunit. Really well done. It's called Exception. And I was surprised. Uh, to be quite honest, series or movie series. It's a, it's yeah, it's just a, it's one season. They, um, they had, uh, it just came out. Not, Oh, uh, not even like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but the, the art is fantastic. I would, I would put it up there with, uh, many others. It, it's, um, eight episodes i believe anywhere from you most, know like most of them are eight to twelve somewhere along yeah it's it's not a lot they're they're like 30 minutes a pop i think the the last one the episode eight is like 45 minutes the finale is like 45 minutes just buckle in and off you go uh but it's really well done um but uh, yeah i watched that one um i watched the latest eliza schleisinger series or a uh, special i love her I really do. You know, I, I heard her interviewed recently, and she sounded a little bit more angry than she usually does. Man, she went super, I won't say, I mean, not feminist in the traditional version of it, but very uh, more pro-femme than I normally watch. It was It was like there was a significant portion of the time dedicated to bashing guys. And I just was like, well, that's, I mean, she's not even... Look, I don't know. Look, the, 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 uh, there are two geniuses as far as stand-up comedy that I've been watching a lot of recently, and not that they have that much out, which is uh, your buddy Taylor Tomlinson, who is, I personally think, a comedic, comedic genius. Um, but the other one that I've been watching that I thought is absolutely hilarious as far as stand-up comedy is I, I discovered Brad Williams, who is the little person comic. He is fantastic. He is just, just absolutely amazing. I'm listening to his stories about finding out that John Stamos has the uh, par- the uh, phobia of little people and how uh, Bob Saget would screw with him using Brad Williams. Uh, th- that is just the best story under the sun. <laughs> totally agreed. 100% agreed. Um, it's... They they do a he he actually has a a lot of uh, uh funny but Brad Williams has a, a lot of funny bits and he's he's like, we should go apple picking like his girlfriend tries to convince him to go apple picking and he's like look at me look at me look look at me and you want me to go apple picking here's me apple picking and he just looks up. <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, but I mean, I would agree with both Brad Williams and uh, Bill Burr in this. And he's like, you know, women cannot stand for a guy to be doing nothing. She looks at an empty Saturday and goes, let's fill it up with shit. (laughs) Not good shit either. No. Useless shit. No. 
any any good books? Um, yes, but okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let, let, okay, I'll I'll rephrase, and anybody who listens to us on other podcasts will know what I mean. Any good books that are not necessarily smut? Oh no, no, no okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just didn't know if there was any like interesting topics. Last time you came up with the books uh, with regards to men, which actually I, I read the first one and am halfway through the second one. Oh, yeah? What do you think? Uh, that's uh, Richard Reeves, yes. uh, Boys What's, and Men. I like what he's saying that, that what, what the problem is is the fact that we have torn up and thrown out the script for men. And they just don't know what to do at this point. I, I totally agree with that 100%. I don't agree with where we're going. True, because once again, I think he's got a little bit more hope than I do. Well, and and he's like, you know, oh, I think fatherhood will be where men uh, like. If you think, well, I, go I, look at any media now. Well, no, but if you think women want men raising their children, you got another thing coming. But I, once again, that's where I think he's a little bit more optimistic than 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 you and I are with regards to this. But as far as something that would function look I, shit i've been saying this for years i've been trying to talk people out of getting married for years now i'm not talking about not being in a relationship i've been saying that the concept of the traditional concept of marriage especially today has gone to some extent out the window and what we should be doing very much to what he says is setting up uh cohabitation contracts in order to raise children i think that would maybe work a little bit better um, but but it's it, it's a step in the same direction that he's talking about we're basically looking less and less and less at specifically the relationship between the husband and wife and more looking at the relationship with the children yeah i mean i i i would think that that would be more important but i i don't ever think that that women would give up being able to to for the next 18 years guarantee all the resources that a a child support ruling would give them they they'd never give that up whereas a cohabitation agreement would be you know like this fair and balanced thing where we will both support the child and the child will come first well, I don't, that would eliminate child support and i don't think that any woman would ever give that up well ever. yeah it would involve something that we're not very good at these days it's called compromise yeah, and it's that's not going to happen. That is never going to happen. I think we're that's like you're saying. I I think you're correct, 100% correct. That is way too hopeful, and it would require everybody being reasonable, and that's not going to happen. What I think will happen is it will go more the other way. Well, like, I, look, I, I've I was with most things tend to look at different versions of uh, speculative fiction or sci-fi in order to, um. Nonlinear combat. I knew that was going to come back to me at some point. <laughs> like I knew, I knew the word was there. Uh, <laughs> now that that showed up, it kind of threw away what was going on in my head before that. What was I talking about? Uh, you, you were uh, speculative fiction and how. Oh, you, were going uh, to you know, but to but situation. one one of the things that you know, you've heard me talk about the fact that I think we're going towards um, a demolition man. Uh, the other one that I keep seeing every once in a while, it's kind of like I see uh, uh, the handmaid's tale, but in reverse. Oh, where it's men who are forced. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, completely, completely. I the 
the way I see it, and this is oh, although I got one person who disagreed with me, and then everybody else like has not said anything about the whole Men Without Work like podcast forty eight. Like they have, <laughs> they have not said anything about it. So either well, it, it really with that, I, what I find is is that you have to look at what the approach to that is because, and it, it is one of the things that I did like, and I saw what it, what was trying to what the uh, the guy who wrote of Men and Boys was trying to do. Now once again, I think he came up with something that is a little bit more reasonable and a little bit more hopeful than I think we're ever going to get. But it's the same thing that I've been trying to say with regards to everything from uh, sexism to racism to all of that is, is that we have to look at this as to how do we balance the scales, not how do we take from one and give to the other. And that's what a lot of times you get people who want to have the conversation with regards to what's going on with men is thinking that that means that they're trying to take back from women and it's kind of like no we're actually looking for true equality that's not popular right now no because you know you you look at uh people who want to talk about racism and it's kind of like uh no we're not talking about trying to put you know to recreate slavery what we're talking about is coming up with true equality not equity equality right and and that's not something that's popular no, right now it's it's not it's not even something you can talk about without being canceled uh there's there's nothing and nobody listens to the show which is why we're not canceled yet because we've said some things that shouldn't you know like people are not allowed to say uh but but i mean on like one hand you have um you know people who are, are a little bit more hopeful like richard reeves saying oh yeah this will be the new model and and i do totally agree that the men's current model is shot like we we do not follow the same or not are, are not capable of following the same path that our grandfathers followed no or even our parents right that's not even possible well, it, it, in it, today's it, world it it, it worst part about it is it also gave a different dynamic to me with regards to some of the work stuff uh, because you know, coming from somebody who came from the, you know, expectation that the male or the husband, the father figure is supposed to provide for the family, it's it gets very, very difficult for me to sometimes understand why people don't want to work. But at the same time, nowadays, considering the fact that that has gone away and not even valued, much less just gone away, I can suddenly see to some extent why some people are going to look around and go, then why would I do this to myself? Why would I why would I work? Why would I struggle? Why would I go through that if it's not even going to be valued? And that's a fair question. Uh, also, I, and this is coming at it from the other angle. Most, uh, you know, 50, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, uh, fathers did not have the same relationship with their daughters that I have with my kids. You know, oh, absolutely. I, I have two badass daughters and I love spending time with them and they and I love doing things with them and I can do things with them that 50 years ago was not even remotely acceptable. You know, and I'm not talking about anything weird or anything like that, but just being well, active. Th- things in like your, taking taking your your daughter shooting. Right. You know, being active with my daughter and involving her in the hobbies that I have, like my daughter is is next. In fact, next week going to to go and do her first clay shooting with me because she's finally big enough to hold one. And 
I'm like, this is fantastic. And she's excited about it. I'm excited about it. My youngest goes shooting with me all the time and presses the button to launch the clays. And she gets to sit up on top of the truck. So everybody who's shooting has to be involved and talk to her. So, you know, she's right in the middle of everything. And that makes her happy. And it makes me happy that she's there enjoying things with me. We couldn't have done that 70 years ago. We couldn't have the relationship that we have now then. And because it wasn't. It wasn't. It just wasn't done, right? Uh, it's not to, not to say that that fathers couldn't be close with their children or or love their children or anything like that. But we weren't like you're saying. It, it, it wasn't acceptable to involve them in a man's hobbies or bring them places where men go or anything like that because it just wasn't done. Now you can bring your kid wherever the hell you want to go. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. There's no man's environment. You can bring your kids. It's fine. Whether they're boys or girls, it doesn't really matter. That's that's OK. Um, so some things I think have progressed terribly well. Others, not so much. But we can't even talk about what a a man's role should be in society because I would say a significant portion. Listen to the media. Listen to any of the Twitter. I mean, like, I mean, I don't need a man. Well, Men are, a what, significant portion of people are going to tell you that there is no role or place. Right. You know, like, uh, uh, you know, like, look at any 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 media. And women delight in telling men that they are perfectly useless and. You know, we drink men's tears, and what do we need men for that I I can't get from a mechanic a, a, a vibrator and, you know, whatever. And it's like, you guys are so missing the point, okay? It's not that women don't need men. You don't. It's not that men don't need women. We don't. We don't need each other. And we haven't figured out what that means as a society for a society that needs to replicate itself and raise children. We have well, no idea what that really means yet. Well, we haven't figured out how to coexist in that. Right. Fashion. And we don't know. Like, I think everybody like on the media, all these groups, all these things, you know, the, all, both sides trying to, to extol the virtues of being a man, being a woman, whatever. We don't need each other at all. Society has progressed to the point where, you can be okay, live by yourself, and support yourself forever, right? Like you don't need a, a second Look, person to live there, anymore. Th there's also the very, very big push out there to take away the distinctions between the two genders and sexes. Yeah, and that, that I mean, uh, there's a big ass rabbit hole we're just gonna skirt around here. But the... <laughs> I, I, I let's put it this way: a person to person socially so, sociology, I can understand that to some extent. I think what's somewhere along the line people are going to have to accept is the biological differences that 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 just exists the way we are today. Well, I and, and you know it's it's exemplified in sports and stuff and and. Well, it's, you know, it's everything. It's sports. It's medicine. It, yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that that make us different, and and we're not allowed to recognize those anymore. So, look, if that's the way we're going, that's the way we're going. Okay, fine. We'll have to find a way to live with that. <laughs> I, I recently had a transgendered patient at work, and the doctor, uh, who was much 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 older gentleman, looked at me and went, "Okay, before we go in, that the patient is transgendered." Okay. 
you have to make sure you call her her. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. We just want to make sure. Dude, I, I, I got it. It's cool. <laughs> it's all good. Not my first one. <laughs> it's... I, I, I'm fine with all of that. Like wherever society lands is where society lands. I have no control over that. Okay. I, I am not, well, I don't see, fancy myself a, a puller of levers. You know, the other part about that is, is that if you really think about it, you and I are no longer part of that game anymore though. No, no, you know, we're, we've we're, already made our shot. We've, we've made our, we made our stance clear. You more than 18 years ago, me, uh, you know, 12, 13 years ago, uh, it's it's not like we're established <laughs> where we stand yeah. on that. This, this isn't about you and me. This is about where people go moving forward. Right. I tell you what, and though, I, is I, one of the things is because, you know, you had girls. I have a girl. Um, my little brother has two sons. I actually sent him and his wife both of those books. Yeah. I mean. I really don't like because I, I think my two will be fine. I think yours will be fine because they're girls and girls are going to come out on top in the next thirty years. Yeah, but um, my brother has two preschool age boys. Yeah, he's screwed. Yeah, so are they. I <laughs> send them to mechanic school or you know some kind of trade school. And, and the other part about that one, which I find absolutely hilarious, is that if in, in the dictionary under toxic masculinity there is a picture of my brother. <laughs> I mean, I, and this is this is the part that I think, you know, and I, I always have trouble nailing it down. But wherever society lands, I, I'm fine with that. You know, like we're not going to live to see it anyway, you and I. What I'm concerned with or what I find absolutely fascinating is we don't know where we're going to land as far as how we deal with our children. And that is something we are going to have to figure out <laughs> like really because what you're doing right now well uh, he, he actually I'll, I'll take a step out of this to, to, to some extent and, and i think it's less the problem with us and and some of the understanding that you can get under this topic why you do have a lot of the younger people doing the whole okay boomer thing because mm. the people who are trying to decide this are more out of the game than we are Oh, yeah, and, and are not in touch with reality at no. all. So you, the people who are trying to decide this are not the younger people. The younger people who re- basically really just want the rest of us to shut up and go away and let them figure out their own relationships. Which is which is what's happening. And this is why I find it fascinating, because the people making the rules have really missed the boat. No control <laughs> over how this works, because at this point, I'm not saying it won't be like this in the future, but at this point... You cannot force anybody to marry or procreate with anybody else. Now, that no. may change in the future, but right now, you can't do that. So what you're going to do, again, personal opinion, is drive men to sterilize themselves and disassociate largely with women. And you are going to drive women to own or control society and and men's rights in general and the issue of procreation will switch from what it is today to a more um, state run predicament 
I, I, there's, there's one piece that I only know just because I'm, or, or I've only seen because I am in the medical field that is uh, popping up more and more and more and more and more lately is the amount of young women who are sterilizing themselves. Yeah, this is not, this is not a, a, it's, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a controversy too, because the older female physicians are saying that they shouldn't be doing it. Whereas the younger female physicians are going, yeah, sure. Come on in. I'll take care of that for you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what is, what is the government doing? Right. The government's trying to control after conception has happened. What the kids have done is go, okay, well, I'm going to decide for you before we even come to this conclusion, because this is how it's going to go. This is what I want now. And again, they're so out of touch, they don't see it happening. Um, I think we're going to be in a baby recession quite shortly. In the next 15 years. I, Which I really means didn't. no one's going to be able to pay for us to retire. Oh, dude, we knew we were going to retire <laughs> 10 years ago. Come on, man. Oh. They're gonna, like, our parents are going to blow through Social Security before they, <laughs> before they just dismantle it. I mean, like I said, I've always said this. We're going to get, like, a coupon to the Sizzler and a <laughs> stick of gum. Well, and it, they're going to go, here's that, your it, benefits. It's the Golden Corral up here. Right. You know, like like that's all you're going to get. Right. It's it's not going to pay for anything. We're going to have to work until we're dead, which is not going to be as long as our parents lived. So oh, no. this is going to take it's a problem. As far as the government's concerned, this is a problem that's going to take care of ourselves itself. Right. We'll die earlier because they'll make the medicine more expensive and make doctors impossible to see so that. There's no choice. They'll just kill us off when we become less productive, and now they won't have to pay for shit. This is a perfect plan <laughs> as far as they're concerned. This is this is working out wonderfully, okay? And they just don't mention it. And they ply us with, with bread and circuses, you know, like Wi-Fi and Starbucks. Like, this is – this the plan hasn't changed, okay? Um, I think they made a slight mistake with the boomers, Right. Because Social Security, actually, people, when they formed Social Security, people weren't living as long as the boomers are. Oh, hell no. Like, not even close. You may have had Social Security for like a year or two, and then you kicked off, right, on average. <laughs> not, you're on Social Security for 38 years. <laughs> that didn't happen. And the worst part about it is if you, if you really want to talk about something we should be talking about with medicine is not just extending life, but extending quality of life. I mean, we keep people who should have gone years ago alive and it's kind of like seriously just just let him go i have said this and i will say this on this cast just to to record it for posterity when sure, i die i'm pretty sure i have this in writing for myself when i die i want y'all first of all there better be funeral strippers <laughs> second i saw that i thought of you <laughs> second there better be funeral strippers. That's number one. Second, I don't want any long faces. I don't want any crying. I don't want anything. I want to get to. I want you guys to get together with all my friends and everybody you know. You go to the best strip club you can find and tell embarrassing stories about me. True or not, I don't care. Like make up some crap if you don't have stuff that's bad enough. Tell embarrassing stories about me. Get lap dances and get loaded. That is what you're supposed to be doing. Right? 
I don't want any like church services or anything like that. I don't want any, I don't want to be anywhere near that. Burn me up, put me in a Ralph's can, <laughs> go to the strip club. Okay. <laughs> That's my that is those are my wishes. Well, <laughs> on that overly positive note, uh, any have you been entertaining yourself with anything else this week? Yeah, but nothing I can talk about on this cast. Okay. <laughs> I have a couple of little things. Um, I just got finished watching the series that people have been talking about on Netflix called The Watcher. Uh, I've I've seen that. I haven't I haven't seen any of it. I, it I've seen the the thing for it, but it, that's it's it. it's basically it's a standard suspense story. What caught me, which is why I went and uh, watched it, was is the fact that it actually is a true story, or based on a true story. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting when the doctor I was working with on Friday went, oh, yeah, that happened right over there. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a nice, interesting whodunit story uh, that, that will have you going it, it, to the end. I will only say this for people who get through it, that I personally think that the response that he had to this was very, very New York, that those of us who are south of the Mason-Dixon line, or at least near the Mason-Dixon line, my response would have been shoot the intruders and screw the neighbors. Um, but that's just yeah. not how he handled it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I watched, uh, it ju just started today, uh, and it's been actually very, very good. There is a new series that has popped up on Amazon based on a William Gibson novel called Peripheral. And so far, it's only two episodes in. The show is excellent. A uh, little bit of Ready Player One, a little bit of The Matrix, a little bit of time travel, a little bit of fun stuff like that. It's, it's just very, very interesting, good, and fun to watch. Highly recommend. That's uh, uh, I think I saw something about this. Is um, Chloe Grace Chloe Grace Moretz yeah. in this yeah. one? Yeah, she plays the main character. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I thought I, I thought I saw something about like her in with that, but I I didn't remember. But that was that was released pretty recently though. Yeah. No, no, that that was literally released on uh, yesterday. And, oh, there you go. Um, and I just because I we finished the Watcher today, and I was looking for something else to watch. I picked that up, and that was very very good. With regards to audiobooks, though, I have gone back to a series that I know is close to your heart. Oh? Yes. I just got finished re-listening to His Majesty's Dragon, <laughs> which which I will take credit for having turned you on to about 10, 10 years ago. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Uh, for those of you who uh, like audiobooks or just book books uh, and are interested in anything that has a alternate history concept to it, his Majesty's Dragon is a story that postulates that there are dragons around during the Napoleonic Wars. And that they are very much, that they are used in war very similar to ships, but in the air. Uh, they call it an aerial corps. It's very much organized like the Navy, but with different things. And just the idea that your vessel is now living and has a personality and a voice is kind of an interesting concept, even if you don't like dragons. Uh, I was skeptical. It took Jake a good, I don't know, what, about a year to get me to read it? Actually, like, well, get the audiobook. Um, I think I actually sent you the physical audiobook to finally get you to start. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> it was a struggle for him, because I'm like, God. I was in the middle of a sci-fi kick, and I, I was just... But you I kept was like, talking about how, the fact, how much you liked dragons. It was kind of like, this is it, dude. Yeah, but this, this, dude, this is, <laughs> like, here, man. 
here, here. Yeah, no, he did. He did send me that. Um, also in the, uh, I think in the in Europe it might be called Tamarare. Um, well, but... the, the the series is called the Tamarare series. The the first book is called His Majesty's Dragon. The second one, Throne of Jade. Then Black Powder War. Basically, it goes through the Napoleonic Wars. The other thing is is that's really kind of interesting. It, it does have a I, I, I hate to term, put it in this term because it's really not this, and it, it, it it's going to make it sound bad, and it's not. It has very much a social justice concept to it because a lot of what you talk about, or a lot of goods gets discussed, is since the dragons in the story are in fact sentient, they're simply different than human beings. Um, every country that they go to, and they do go through, um, you know, they start out in England, obviously, then they end up over in china then they end up in uh, uh africa middle east east they go, still go throughout the entire world but every country has a different way in which they approach the fact that there is another sentient race in the world everything from subservience to the dragons are actually the ones in charge and everything yeah. in between yeah uh, there's partnerships there's the, i mean it's it's really pretty good. Uh, it, it was. It took me a little while to get around to it, but he, Jake, was correct as he normally is with uh, book recommendations. So it, it's it's worth your time. It's no, Naomi Novik uh, for those of you who are looking for it, and it's absolutely available on Audible as well. Although they don't sponsor us, they should, but they don't. Um, well, and Naomi Novik just put out another series of books, which was kind of interesting. Not of the same caliber. I think the Tamarare series was much, much better. But she wrote a book, a series of books called The Skullamance, which was a take on the whole Harry Potter concept. With that said, you're actually trying to survive the school. The school is teaching you by trying to kill you. Yeah, that probably would have worked better for me. <laughs> Rather than traditional high school. <laughs> yes. The whole idea is that they take all of these magic kids, pack them into the schools, no parents, no teachers. Basically, the whole concept is if you survived the four years that you're there, you graduated. You graduate, which, you know what? Life or death probably would have made me concentrate on high school a little bit well, more. Th well, the other thing, just to make it a little bit more interesting, is there's only about a 25% survival rate. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it kind of fixes overpopulation. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of a lot of upsides to this. Uh, but it, but it's an interesting series. That one, that series is called The Skull of Mance, but if you're really looking for something good, His Majesty's Dragon is the name of the first novel in the Tamarare series. It is excellent. Not only that, I, for uh, for audiobooks, it's um, Simon Vance is actually the one who reads it. I don't know if you remember him from Cheers. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, I have not usually liked him as a narrator for audiobooks, but considering the fact that he has that very thick, formal British accent, and suddenly you have very thick, formal British accent characters, it finally works. <laughs> it really does <laughs> i'm sorry it really does <laughs> like you, once you start hearing it and you like the you get into the world a little bit it wouldn't work any other way no you know like you know like, you, uh, you, you weren't going to have somebody with an alabama accent reading this and have it work <laughs> and then the dang dragon descended upon the napoleon yeah no <laughs> no, it's just like Larry the Cable Guy could never narrate this. That's no, all I'm no, 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 no. So, so even the narration works perfectly. If uh, whether you're reading it or listening to it, highly recommend. Got anything else this week? 
Oh, I think I've uh, insulted people enough. Well, uh, and I've uh, incoherently rambled enough. As <laughs> <laughs> is our tendency. Well, then uh, we wish you a good week, and we will see you next week. <laughs>